And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of MLB DFS Quickets, your Thursday, June 3rd edition. Another eight-game slate on tap, four-game early slate. Wednesday had two early games rain out, so you had a two-game slate. Blah. We decided to kind of sit out that one in the Fantasy DJ Slack chat. Just too much going on on that one, but we had the eight-game slate. If you had Manoa, a lot of people did. He's well over 50% on, on DK. He got trunk slammed. That's why once we talk about it, it was a great play. He was in a great spot. Young kid, stuff's going to happen like that. But uh, in the home run ball, some of those, it, you got Coors Northeast on that one. I don't understand the talk about um, this being a neutral ballpark. I love Jazz Chisholm. That ball should not be going out of the ballpark. It's plain and simple. But um, good stuff from Manoa. Hopefully it lowers his ownership next time around. We'll see. But it also talks about why we talk about leverage stacks. We talk about a lot here, and especially on the in the Slack chat. And if you had a little bit of uh, Marlins action, it pays off for you. It doesn't work all the time, but it could have been pretty nice. So come check us out over there. It's free. Just give me your email address on Twitter at BDNTrick. I'll take care of you there. Also, if you'd like to see my written content on Thursday, it's the free DraftKings article. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, premium values. Tuesday, Thursday, free DraftKings picks at rotoballer.com. So go check out all the good stuff there. Also, if you'd like to watch the podcast, it's on the Rotoballer YouTube channel. We stream it live. So some of you are watching as I speak. Come check it out on the Rotoballer YouTube channel. Share, like, all the good stuff there. And if you can give a rating review on iTunes of the podcast, MLB DFS Quick Hits, I would appreciate that a ton. Lastly, if you're into season-long fantasy baseball, I have benched with Bubba Podcast Tuesdays. Bubba the Bat Flip, that's out for his latest week, re- recap in the Week 9 Fab, and some awesome listener questions coming up uh, with another episode on Thursday. Always two episodes a week for you on Bench with Bubba. Just booked a couple really cool guests for the coming weeks, so come check that out. Also, if you'd like to uh, golf PGA DFS, it's the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast. But you're here for MLB DFS. You're here for the Thursday eight-game main DraftKings slate. So let's get at it for you here on a Thursday. we got some really intriguing pitching. I only have four totals on the slate so far as there's a lot of pitching changes. I got Tigers, White Sox, 7.5. Mariners, Angels, 8.5. Cubs, Giants, 8. Mets, Padres, 7. Biggest weather issue we have, Miami at Pittsburgh, 35 to 40% chance of the range. Keep an eye on that one. We had the same kind of issues with Buffalo on Wednesday, and the game played just fine. So keep an eye on that. Hopefully the game gets in because Eliezer Hernandez making his return from the IL against Tyler uh, Anderson could be quite interesting. But a lot of good to, to at least interesting pitchers on this slate. Nothing great. Nothing like two days ago. Or Monday and Tuesday were just rolling in pitchers, but not nearly as bad as Wednesday. So you have some fun decisions to make. And it starts up top with you, Darvish. 10-7. At home against the New York Mets. The New York Mets team was hitting the last couple days. That was against the D-backs, though, so keep that in mind. And Darvish is coming off a rough outing in Houston. So, what something's got to give, right? Prior to that, was great against Seattle and Colorado. I still think Darvish is a phenomenal play tonight. He will be taking on this Mets team, though, that um, since the 15th, striking out 26% of the time, was right-handed pitching with a 216 average. Does have a 155 ISO, but an 88 WRC+. plus. So, they are showing some pop versus right-handed pitching, but at the same time, there's definite holes when it comes to their offense. I think Darvish is a really, really strong play if you want to pay up at 10-7. I won't be paying up for Taiwan Walker. I know San Diego's offense is struggling. No Tatis. That's just too much for me for Walker. I can go 400 more to Darvish, or I can save 600 and go to Lance Lynn. Lynn was supposed to pitch on Wednesday. White Sox game got rained out. Now he gets the Tigers at home. This is a just juicy, juicy matchup. Lynn has 20 or more points in two, four, six of his nine starts this season he has been absolutely outstanding coming off five shutout seven k's against baltimore he's given up no earned runs in four of his last five starts two earned runs total in his last five starts five or more innings in every single start he's racking up the strikeouts he has been as advertised and now he gets detroit striking out over 26 percent of the time 
since the 15th versus right-handed pitching, hitting 239 with a 91 WRC+. plus. Lance Lynn is my favorite pay-up spot on the slate. I like Darvish a lot, but if I can save $1,000 and go to Lance Lynn at home against the Detroit Tigers, I will save $1,000. Now, if you want to go with both of them in cash, go get them. Totally on board with that. But uh, Lance Lynn's my top pay-up spot on this slate. Now it gets a little more interesting as you slide around. Like you could go to Griffin Canyon at 9400 bucks for Seattle. We're watching Manaya dice him up on a Wednesday. Now you get uh, Canning at home against the Seattle Mariners. The team striking out over 26% of the time, hitting a buck 94 versus righties in, uh, since the 15th. So we know we can take advantage of Seattle. If you want to pay for Canyon at 94, he'll be virtually unowned. It's kind of like the philosophy in recent nights of paying up for you know pitcher X, Y, or Z when there's other big studs. And there's always that one guy that seems a little too pricey. Canning's that guy tonight. So you're going to get him at super low ownership if you want to go that route in a tournament versus Seattle. I totally get it. I'm not there right now, but I can see if you're multi-entering. I know I will have some Canning if I do 10 to 20 lineups. I'll have some Griffin Canning. But right now, 9K and above, I want all the Lance Lynn I can handle. Splash some you Darvish. A little sprinkle of Griffin Canning. That's where I'm at at 9K and above. Now, when you drop down, though, really not a lot to like for me in this 8K range or 7K. I am going to keep my ear down to hear some Eliezer Hernandez information. He's made three rehab starts. Last two rehab starts, he went four and two-thirds in each. Don't have pitch counts, though. I'll have to go find some more info on that. I'll have that in the Slack chat for you um, during the day on Thursday. But four and two-thirds doesn't sound great, but he did face 22 batters. He got hit around a bit in his last rehab start, but I'm pretty sure they just left him out there to get that pitch count up because he faced uh, 15 batters two starts ago, faced 22 this last start. Strikeouts are five or more in the last two starts. So we're seeing more LDAs are action. Weather could be a concern, but you do get Pittsburgh, a team you can take advantage of more often than not. They're striking out 23% of the time versus right-handed pitchers over the last couple of weeks. So keep an eye on LDAs are tournament only. Probably not going to use them this go-around, but someone to think about if you're multi-entering. Now we get to the fun. You got Jay Happ at 7K at Kansas City. Happ coming off back-to-back really strong starts. Five innings, two earned five Ks against Kansas City. Six innings, four and ten Ks against um, Cleveland before that was getting shelled, though. Back-to-back negative point outings. It's all about the strikeouts. Can he get the strikeouts? So it's super risky with Jay Happ. Kansas City swinging the bat a little bit better of late. Still not great, but they're also striking out 26% of the time versus left-handed pitching. So you have that going for you, 26% K rate since the 15th, but they're hitting 267 with a 160 ISO and a 100 plus. Something's got to give. He's 7K if you want to go there for Happ. Not a must-play. He's just one of the values we can look at. Chris Bubik, $6,900 at home against the Minnesota Twins. So it's Bubik versus Hap. Uh, Bubik faced Minnesota his last time out. Six innings, four hits, one earned, five Ks for 21.9 points. Uh, didn't do much against Detroit, but then Milwaukee looked great. At Detroit looked great. Decent enough against Chicago. So four out of the last five starts, basically 15 or more DK points. He's given up one, two, zero, zero, zero runs. Four or more Ks and three of four starts. If you can get the strikeouts up, he's going to be even more devastating. Minnesota went into Baltimore, let everybody down for the series. Everybody. Garver's out because he got one in the nuts. He's going to be out for a while. That's that's just not good for anybody involved. And you get this team that's striking out uh, 25.5% of the time versus lefties, hitting 237. Does have a 226 ISO, lots of power, but a 107 WRC+. Plus. They're not stringing things together. Rest Snyder's out. He's on the concussion IL. So you got like left-handed Kirilov, left-handed Larnock. That's good and all, but lefty-lefty. We'll see how that goes. Um, it's basically Sano, Cruz, always terrifying. I think like Jeffers went deep. Maybe uh, he, he plays Polanco from the switch side of it. There's options. I'm not saying Minnesota is dreadful, but there's an angle to go Bubik in this matchup at $6,900. I can definitely get behind it. 
Uh, the other value I like, Casey Mize at 67 at the Chicago White Sox. If you want to get frisky here, similar to Buick, Mize has been very, very good of late. 18 or more points in four straight starts, 20 or more points in three straight starts. He's gone uh, six or more. He's gone five or more innings in five straight, six or more in four of five. He's given up one, 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 two, one. Those are his earned runs in five straight starts. Only two home runs over those starts. He's limiting the walks, and he's starting to strike guys out six or more Ks in three straight starts. That's been the big thing with Mize. He was having such, such difficulty striking guys out. They missed with his pitch mix, him and Scooble. Like, the Tigers are doing things there. And we've seen it with Scooble. We're seeing it with Mize now. Strikeouts are up, which helps a ton because, A, you're not putting guys on for free, and you're racking up those fantasy points we like. He's facing Chicago. They do strike out 23.5% of the time. They do it 255 with a 144 ISO and a 117 WRC+. plus. So it's a tough matchup with Casey Mize, but it's a really good tournament play because no one's going to be on Casey Mize. Everyone's going to be on Lance Lynn. Everyone's going to be on the White Sox bats. Casey Mize will go completely unknown in this one. So when you're punting, you got Hap, but I prefer to just kind of leave Hap to the side. You got Bubik, you got Mize at 69 and 67. Two really intriguing options. Bubik's at home versus Minnesota. He's the better option, even though it's Minnesota. He's at home. And it's a beat-up Minnesota team. If he can navigate Cruz, Donaldson, Sano, he's going to be okay. It's a big if, but he's going to be okay. So give me Bubik at 69. Mize at 67. That was a phenomenal tournament play. Like really, really good multi-entry tournament play. There's a lot of risk to it, but the reward is tremendous. If Mize goes and puts up 20 points, two things happen. No one's going to own him. It's a huge 20-point guy. The other thing, all those White Sox stacks go up in flames. So you got, you're literally navigating. There's one thing just to fade Chicago White Sox bats and try to be different, but throwing Mize into the mix makes you different like twice. And you can do all kinds of goofy stuff. So that's the angle of Mize. Risk reward could just blow up in your face tremendously. But he's also super cheap, which allows you to spend money elsewhere. Lots of angles to go with Casey Mize. I've talked too much about Casey Mize right now, but that's the angle in playing him and even Bubik on this slate because Minnesota's been letting people down. They're going to keep going back to when they see a lefty on the mound that they can attack. So those two guys are very much in play. Um, mix those up with the likes of with, with Canning, Lynn, and Darvish. That's kind of where I'm looking at on the slate when it comes to the pitching. The bats on this eight-game slate. Catcher's position, Salvi Perez is crushing it. Two homers in his last game. If you're going up against J.A. Happ and you're fading Happ, Salvi Perez at 51 is a phenomenal pay-up spot on this slate. But we don't always pay up for catcher. There's always some value to be had throughout the lineup. I think the Cubs-Giants game is either going to be like 2 to nothing or like 10 to 9. It's just got a feel of Davies and Disco get beat up, or they both somehow throw like six or seven inch gems, and the bullpens hang on. So if you want to go Wilson Contreras at 42 versus Disco, I get it. It's not a bad play if you're stacking them up. Wind's going to be blowing out in San Francisco, which usually isn't a big deal, but this year the ball has been flying a bit more. So an angle there. I do like Carson Kelly versus Brett Anderson. I think Arizona's a very strong stack. I think Arizona and Milwaukee both. It's a good game stack. Um, two struggling offenses that are kind of hitting the last few games. Two pretty bad pitchers on the bump. So Carson Kelly at 4K, nice little value there versus Brett Anderson. Uh, Omar Arvaez, if he gets to start for Milwaukee, he's 36 versus Frankoff. It's either going to be Frankoff or Duplantier, one of the two. Regardless, you get one of those two and a bad Arizona bullpen. So Narvaez at 36, he lines up pretty nicely there. And then you'll get some nice values if you check lineups like Eric Haas is 3K versus Lynn. If you want to fade Lynn, sure, not all aboard that one. I do like Caratini at 29 versus Walker. Nice sub 3K option there for you. He's in play. Uh, Max Stassi's back. He's 25 or Sheffield, GPP only, but not a bad look. Open Stassi can run into some. Jake Rogers is 22 versus Lynn. If you're going down this far, you're not using Jake Rogers. Just telling you that right now because there's two guys you're going to use. We're going to use one of the two. Let's go find them first. That's the fun part of sliding all the way down here. 
you're either going to play Rortvit from Minnesota at 2K, or you're going to play Jeffers at 2K. Jeffers played on Wednesday, and he went deep and had a triple. Uh, he got you 26 DK points at $2,000. Jeffers or Rortvit will be starting for Minnesota at 2K. That is your uber punt if you want it at the catcher's position. Uh, first base position on this slate. Uh, if you're going to fade Mize, Braves, fine. I get it. But like Chris Bryan, a 55 is hitting everything. He's first base outfield. Rizzo had, I believe, three knocks on Tuesday. Let me check it out. Yeah, three knocks on Tuesday. Hopefully he's hitting 405 over his last 10 games. Hopefully the power continues to develop. He's 5,300 versus Disco. If you want to go on that route, uh, Jesus Aguilar took Manoa deep on uh, Wednesday. If you're fading Brett Anderson, uh, Tyler Anderson and the game plays, uh, Aguilar's 5K. So not a bad option there. Going down cheaper, though, Goldie went deep on uh, Wednesday. If you want to fade Gutierrez, Gutierrez, good young arm, but it's like he's going to go maybe 75 pitches. Then you get to a really bad Cincinnati bullpen. So Goldie at 46, if you're, if you're stacking St. Louis. St. Louis is a fun stack if you think Gutierrez gets hit around a bit or, or leaves early. It's a really good angle. So Goldie at 46 checks the boxes there. Garrett Cooper at 43, another nice value versus Anderson in that matchup uh, in Pittsburgh. Um. Going down below four or at four K is Miguel Sonovers Bubic. If you think he's finally going to figure it out, that'd be great. I like Paven Smith, prefer him versus a righty, but thirty seven hundred bucks for stack in Arizona. I don't uh, dislike it that much. I do like Christian Walker. He's been ice cold since coming off the IL. Not going to sugarcoat it anyway whatsoever. Went one for four on Tuesday. He has hit safely in five of six, or he's hit safely in four, uh, three of four games since coming off the IL. Five zero five seven. Those are points since he's come off the IL. Hopefully, he's getting comfortable at the plate. Facing Brett Anderson in Milwaukee could be a nice little GPP play at 3300 bucks to kind of right the ship for Christian Walker. I think there's an angle to be had on that one. If you're not using Griffin Canning, Ty France is 3K. But the Giants, tons of cheap lefties against uh, Zach Davies. going to be an angle to go with on this one. Let me triple check it before someone gets gets cranky with me. But I know in the past, Zach Davies has really struggled versus lefties. Let me clarify it before we go any farther on this podcast. But uh, we'll check out the old split tools here for Mr. Zach Davies. And we got him against left-handed hitters. And da da da, da. Uh, They're hitting two thirty two this year with a three seventy eight slug. In the past, he's given up about two fifty average or better, 400 slugs or better against lefties, um, and over a home run per nine most of the time versus lefties. He's only striking out lefties 13% of the time this year, walking them 13% of the time for a K to walk percentage of zero. He has a 5.72 xFIP versus left-handed hitters this year. So I think the x the um, what that's telling you everybody is he might be looking like he's doing well versus lefties this year, but that regression might be coming, and that could come with the Giants who are swinging good bats. And it starts with guys like Lamonte Wade Jr. First base outfit eligible, usually leading off lately versus right-handed pitching. He's twenty eight hundred bucks. Could be a nice value. Lots more. The Giants have a ton of lefty value on this slate. Second base position, Whit Merrifield. If you're failing to have Merrifield swinging it well, he's 54. The Royal stack's expensive. It's pretty wild. Uh, you got Chisholm and Anderson. He went deep on Wednesday. Don't mind that if you want to go there. I'd prefer Merrifield by a 54. But if you want to get jazzy with it, never a complaint. Cronenworth uh, at 44. I like that. I always love me some rake at a decent price tag for sure at 44. Much better than that 5K we saw there for a little while. But Colton Wong coming off two home runs on Tuesday. He's in 333 over his last 10 games. You know, you know, six extra base hits over his last 10 games. He's 4200 bucks versus whichever Arizona guy shows up. So don't mind him as a potential value. Going down deeper, though, Josh Rojas, hopefully leading off or hitting towards the top of the order, which he was the other day. We'll see. He's 36 versus Anderson. 
nice little price tag there for Rojas. If you're sta- if you're stacking, he's not a one off. If you're stacking, uh, Donovan Solano thirty one for your giant stacks. Uh, sub three K though, nothing really standing out at this point in time because Keen Wong won't start versus the lefty. I love me some Keen Wong as long as he stays cheap against right handed pitching, but he won't against the lefty. Third base, Yuan Moncada is heating up. He's fifty four if you're fading Casey Mize, but Nolan Arenado at fifty three a part of your St. Louis stacks definitely on that page. Rendon has been a rough year, but he, he woke up with I think three for five on Tuesday. Maybe that's a sign of things to come. He's um, hit safely in three of his last five games, multiple hit games in two of those three games. Forty nine hundred bucks versus Justice Sheffield, not a bad tournament look. Uh, Escobar, if you're stacking Arizona, he's forty four hundred. Uh, Miguel Sano at four thousand. We talked about a second ago. He's in play. Antonio Suarez leading off for Wainwright, GPP only, but thirty nine hundred bucks. I can see a tournament angle for that. Uh, going down farther, like Hunter Dozier's twenty nine hundred bucks. Third base outfield versus Hap, very nice value. Patrick Wisdom for the Cubs, he's twenty eight versus Discofani. He's been crushing everything. So if you're stacking the Cubs, get Wisdom really, really cheap on that one. Otherwise, Dozier's a nice cheap option at third base as well. Shortstop, you got Chisholm at fifty three. We talked about him. Lindor is slowly hitting the baseball. Put up three hits on Tuesday. He's hit safely in two, four, five straight games, multiple hit games in three of five. He's had um, 12 or more DK points in three of the last four, eight or more in four straight games. Maybe he started to get it going. It is you, Darvish, though. So it's a contrarian play. Darvish should be chalky. Mets would be a contrarian stack. I'd be small with the Mets stack, but Lindor would be a guy I'd look at. Maybe he's getting it going. Get on him before the uh, popularity comes into play at 4,600. Javi Baez went deep again on Wednesday. He's 4,100 bucks. Always like me some Baez, Adamas at 4K as well. Prefer Adamas versus a lefty, but if you're stacking Milwaukee and he's towards the top of the order, I'm cool with that, but uh, he needs to be a part of that uh, like Wong, uh, Avisel Garcia realm of things. But Javi Baez at 41, pretty nice price tag. Brandon Crawford at 37, nice cheapy for the Gigantes versus Davies. A um, few others down here. You know, I'm not really an Eric Sogard guy because he has no power potential to help me out at all. So not too many cheapies, actually. Maybe Kyle Farmer at 2K if you need to punt. I don't think you'll need to at shortstop. Just go Brandon Crawford or higher at shortstop. That's where we're sitting right now. I'll get to you guys as listener questions uh, at the end of the show, but thank you, Sean and Isaac. I will get to you guys in a second. Uh, outfield position, a few more we got here. Chris Bryant at 55. We talked about what Maryville at 54. Starling Martin going back into Pittsburgh at 53. Like that one quite a bit versus Anderson if that game plays. Christian Yellick really hasn't got it going. Just I guess the nicest way I can say it. He's 52. If you're stacking up Milwaukee, he could be an expensive but low-owned piece of that stack. So keep him in mind. Adam Duvall at 49 versus a lefty. If you're stacking up Miami, not so much a one-off because he's gotten so expensive now. He's only a piece of a stack. Uh, Tyler O'Neill swinging it well. He's 46 versus Gutierrez. A little pricier, some cheaper uh, Cardinals if you want to go that route. But uh, not bad. Like Tommy Edmonds, a nice cheaper piece as well. Um, you know, you got Jock Jams at 45. I prefer him somewhere else, but I get it. Uh, Jesse Winker at 43 has a nice price tag on Winker. Winker is much better than a $4,300 player hitting 350 over his last 10 games, averaging 12 points per game. You know, he's they're considering he's slumping, is what they're going to say, hitting, hitting safely in three or four games with no home runs over that stretch. But still, 4300 bucks versus Wayno, that's a very good tournament value for Jesse Winker. Really good value. Cattell Marte at 41 is a very nice value. That's why. Outfield's always so loaded, it's so hard to pay up at times. You can get Winker at 43. We know can double dong. You can tell Marte is really swinging it well. Could have a huge game. Steel bases, hitting homers. It's hard to pay up at times. You got Castellanos at 41 as well. Uh, Will Myers is up to 4K now, so that value is gone. 
Avisel Garcia at 39 if you're stacking him up. But I mentioned um, uh, Lindor as a part of a stack. Dom Smith at 39 as well. He's first base outfield. Um, hitting 324 over his last 10 games. Maybe he's starting to slowly get things going. Double-digit production in three straight games for Dom Smith. So keep him in mind. Dylan Carlson went deep again on Wednesday. He's starting to hit again after that kind of – he started out well, slowed down a bit, starting to get it going again, hit safely in five of six games now. Uh, Double-digit production in four of those six games, eight or more in five of those six. He's 3,800 in that matchup against um, against Gutierrez and company. So nice value for Carlson. Benintendi, if you want to be different in your Kansas City stacks, everyone's going to go right-handed. I don't hate it. He had a granny uh, on yesterday's slate. So look at him. Mention Rojas. Peralta's been sitting out a lot. So keep an eye on that with Arizona. Uh, lower 3K range. Austin Slater might get the start. But I, I see more lefties coming to that one, maybe. But Ian Happ at 34. Nice value Cub against Disco. like that a lot. Tyler Naquin, if you're going against Wainwright, he's only 3,300. He's been hitting fifth lately. Um, 18, 7, and 12 is production in his last few. He's hit safely in eight of his last nine games for the Reds. Not a lot of production in all of those, but hit safely in eight of nine. Just takes a couple bloops and a blast. Naquin at 33 could be a nice little value as well. Um, other than that, go the, the value we're looking at, Dickerson at 3K for the Giants against Davies. Mentioned Dozer at 29. He's not a bad one. Lamonte Wade Jr. at 28. Talked about him earlier. Um, but you got the likes of Gregory Polanco at 26 in a tournament versus Elias or Hernandez. Always like that as a tournament play. Akil Badu versus Lynn at 25 in a tournament. That's a nice value play. Taylor Trammell's back. He's 2,500. Went deep a couple nights ago. He's a tournament play. These are all tournament plays down here for the most part. But Steven Duggar at 24. This guy's got some cash appeal hitting 440 over his last 10 games with four extra base hits. He's averaging about seven points per game over his last 10. He has nine or more points in four of his last five games. Uh, that's some good cash game appeal, folks. Double-digit, uh, multi-hit games in three of his last five. So Duggar at 24, really nice value versus Zach Davies. And there will be other ones as lineups. Like maybe Oliveris for Kansas City at 2,300 versus J.A. Happ. He's been hitting like fourth or fifth in that lineup, so that could be a nice angle as well. So recapping your pitching real quick on this one, uh, we got the likes of up top. Darvish at 10-7 is outstanding. I'm not going to talk you off of it. But if I can save $1,000 to Lance Lynn at 97 I'm all aboard that train. So I love Lynn as my top pay-up spot on this, this slate. If you want to pair Lynn and Darvish and Cash, go for it. Canning's a good pay-up tournament play, like a pivot off of the popular – because Lynn and Darvish should be popular. Two, most, probably the two most popular pitchers on the slate. So Canning's a good pay-up spot to pivot to. Uh, the other options I like, though, are punts. Uh, Bubik and Mize, I like quite a bit. I like Bubik more than Mize at home against the struggling Minnesota team. But Mize deserves to be talked in the conversation, especially considering – Lynn's going to be popular, so you're already going to be different but in that regards. And the White Sox bats are usually popular, so you're going to kill two birds with one stone on the shock realm with some Casey Mize, so keep those in mind as well. If you're stacking it up on this slate, Arizona-Milwaukee, kind of like that game stack, prefer the Arizona side of it, but both are, are very, very intriguing. Kansas City versus J.A. Happ, I'm on board with. Uh, St. Louis versus Gutierrez and that Cincinnati bullpen, I like a little bit there. And then that Cubs-Giants game, I'm just itching. The Giants have so much value. Uh, Disco's been slumping, so the Cubs could be in play. I just have a weird feeling that Giants-Cubs game might pop off. It could be 2 to nothing though. I, I'm, I'm seeing either a pitcher's duel or a blowout. Nothing really in between. I don't see like a 5-4 to four ball game. It's going to be one or the other, so think about that when you're stacking things up. But uh, lots to like on this slate. The, the, the stacks aren't like as obvious. There's no Coors. There's no like Dodgers versus Martinez or anything like that. It's just there's some good spots, that's for sure.
All right, a couple of listener questions on the live stream. Sean V. Davies is traditionally a slow starter. He's been much better lately after a brutal April. That is true. Um, I'm with you there. Um, the Tigers' bullpen has been surprisingly good as well, Sean. You're right. That's why Mize, if you look at his game logs and just his overall production, not just his fantasy production, but just his overall production, the strikeouts are up, pitch mix has changed. It's very, very intriguing. It is the White Sox. You never know, but there's definitely an angle in a tournament to be had there. Um, Isaac Wall, appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for joining the show. You guys are always welcome to come and uh, shoot your questions on the live show. If you don't catch me live, I'm on Twitter at BDendrick and come join me in the free Fantasy DJ and Slack chat. Just get between your email there. We'll take care of you guys. Um, if you get a rate and review on the podcast, I'd really appreciate it. MLB DFS Quick Hits on iTunes. It helps uh, more people see the podcast and moves it up the rankings, which helps us all out in the long run. Uh, lastly, free DraftKings article on rotoballer.com on Thursday. So check out all the goodies there. But I'll be back with you guys Friday. Big slate on Friday. But good luck on your Thursday as this was MLB DFS Quick Hits, your Thursday, June 3rd edition. I'm out. <laughs>